Hello and welcome to Leanne Ward Nutrition, a podcast where you will find expert advice on all things health and nutrition related. Each week, we will discuss my three niche areas of gut health, emotional eating and sustainable fat loss. My hope for this podcast is to cut through the BS online and show you real, practical and evidence-based messages around nutrition so you can live your best life day in and day out. So sit tight, buckle up, and let's get started on today's podcast. Just before we jump in, today's podcast is brought to you by my premium coaching program, Lean Gut Mind Method. In this busy world, women struggle to prioritize their health and they constantly find themselves frustrated with a lack of results. Lean Gut Mind Method coaching service provides expertise, personalization, and a proven system of tools so that women find themselves empowered to live their best lives in a body that they choose. If you're a female who struggles with weight loss, emotional eating, and poor gut health, and you're ready to change once and for all, let me and my team help you. Lean Gut Mind Method is the last nutrition program you will ever need to invest in, and the first program you will see lasting results from. Let us show you the way. Apply for my premium one-on-one coaching program at www.leangutmindmethod.com. After a little break, the Leanne Ward Nutrition Podcast is back with a bang. On today's episode, we're joined by Jacob Bella, founding director of Oxidate Performance. Jacob is a performance coach who's been in the health and fitness industry for 10 years. After spending most of his life as an elite level athlete, he now specializes in athlete development. His passion is unlocking people's true potential and helping them to achieve their optimal level of performance. Jacob has a Bachelor of Sports Coaching and Exercise Science, a Diploma of Sports Development, and is a Strength and Conditioning Level 1 Coach and a Personal Trainer. I've asked Jacob to come on our podcast today to chat all things exercise. Jacob and I have done a two-part series, and this episode is part one on eating for each decade. I get asked exercise advice from 12-year-olds right through to 70-year-olds, so I wanted an expert such as Jacob to advise you guys on what type of exercise is best for each decade or your age. Now to end the podcast, Jacob and I chat about his top tips to help you guys get back on track with exercise after a really tough year with COVID, working from home and lockdowns. I hope you enjoy this episode and you can follow Jacob on his Instagram, which is at oxidate underscore performance or his website, which is www.oxidate.com.au or listen to Jacob's own podcast, which is called the High Performers Platform. Welcome, Jacob, to the podcast today. We're very excited to have you on. I appreciate being here. Thanks for having me. Jacob, I'd love for you to start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and also a little bit about your background in terms of qualifications and the different things that you do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, sure. So I started my health and fitness journey um, as a personal trainer. I started with a Cert 3, Cert 4 in health and fitness. Um, It took me about three or four years to understand sort of what I liked and found my passion and purpose. Um, I progressed my studies into a Diploma of Sports Development, um, which is a CIT uh, certification two-year course. Um, it took me another few years to to really want to to build and gain more um, more more of a greater understanding and education um, around athlete development and health and fitness. So I did a bachelor's of sports coaching uh, and the sports science exercise science stream, which has you know given me a a good base of knowledge. Um, and tying in the the fifteen years I had as an elite level athlete towards athlete development. So I'm fortunate enough to be able to call myself a bit of a specialist. Um, my company 
uh, Oxidate Performance. We specialize in athlete development mm-hmm. and more so that soccer niche, the, the soccer or football demographic. Awesome. And I have seen some good Instagram videos from um, some of the kids that you train, or I shouldn't say kids, uh, maybe some of the teens that you train and they have some crazy skills with those soccer balls. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we, our niche is the youth development stage. Um, so it's the 12 to 16s. But we do work with you know a broad cohort of people. Um, we're locally based in Melbourne here, um, but we do work you know, via correspondence across Australia and into Europe and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And in terms of your um, qualifications, in terms of university studies and that sort of thing as well, you've also done um, Bachelor of, is it Exercise Science as well? Yes, yeah, so a Bachelor of Sports Coaching in the Exercise Science stream. Um, it sort of merges the two together. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to focus solely on sports science or exercise science. Um, it's more the lab style approach and, and no disrespect to that format. I wanted to be able to relate to people and, you know, be out on the field coach athletes, um, you know, get the most out of people in the moment. Yeah, and I love that. And I love that you've got a slightly different sort of um, background as well um, to come and give our, our listeners a little bit more expertise around this area as well in terms of the the juicy, nitty-gritty, um, everyday sort of training as well. Yeah, for sure. And that ties in the, the Cert 3, Cert 4 PT. And, you know, we still work with um, all people, anyone who wants to achieve results, um, you know, any type of goal, any type of body type. Um, yeah, we do, we do the works here. Absolutely. And I like to think of myself as an everyday athlete. You know, I get a lot of people saying to me on through my social media, they're like, oh, what are you training for? Are you are you doing this or what's your goal here? And I'm like, I'm just training for life. And I think so many people have a hard time understanding or getting their head around that I don't have like a certain sort of like pinnacle, like I'm not trying to run a marathon. I'm definitely not a runner. I'm not trying to like compete in a bikini contest or anything like that. Like I train every day for myself to be the just in terms of like the best version of myself, although how corny that sounds, I still consider myself when I train and feel like I would recommend for my clients and that sort of thing as well. So I like that term everyday athlete because I think that there's a there's an athlete in every one of us, isn't there? For sure. We, we say something similar, you know, we're all athletes in our own domain. So, you know, being fit and healthy, it's that should be a human requirement. Yeah, love it. All right, well, we're going to jump straight into some more juicy content for our listeners today. And something that we've never really focused on on this podcast is specifically training for your age. So we were talking just before we jumped on the podcast. I've just um, been on TikTok this year during COVID. And a lot of questions that I get is, you know, everybody sort of has this understanding now that weight training or strength training is incredibly important, particularly from a fat loss perspective. But where I am sort of, I just don't really know what to say in terms of my responses is when I'm getting questions from 12 year olds saying, you know, my mom won't let me go to the gym, but you say strength training is important. What do I do? And so I'd love to go through the different types of training that are really important for our listeners at home based on sort of the decade that they're in, whether they're a teen, whether they're a young adult, whether they're in their fifties, whether they're in their seventies. Is that something that you'd be keen to chat with our listeners today? Yeah, for sure. And I think there's, you know, there's a lot of ideas around what's correct what's not correct and there's a few stigmas there's a lot of myths Mm -hmm. and i think the whole age thing is very very interesting because there's a few different types of ages yeah there's chronological age there's biological age Mm -hmm. and there's also technical age which is you know your training or skill so if we look at an age you know of somebody it's really dependent on that person it's very individualized um for example we could have a 50 year old person versus a 20 year old person um the 50 year old person may be well trained they've spent 10 years as you know, an athlete or they've, they've done athletics or those types of things. Mm. And the 20-year-old person perhaps has never done anything. So it's a very, very different, uh, you know, set of skill set and different set of uh, programming. Yeah, you make an excellent point. And that reminds me of something I saw on Facebook the other day. And it must have been a grandma. I think she was like well into her 80s, like 86 or 87 or something. And she was deadlifting like 
I don't know, like more than double what I could do. And I was like, that is incredible. <laughs> and so it's like, you're never, I think the caption of the photo was some sort of inspirational thing, like you're never too old to achieve your goals. And I was like, go her. Like that is, that is incredible, isn't it? Absolutely. I think the, the whole training thing is, you know, it's that time continuum where you start to where you can get to irrelevant of your age. Mm. You know, it comes down to, you know, incremental overload, um, progressions, regressions, recovery, nutrition, you know, it's the world of, you know, all the pillars, the health pillars put together. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, I guess for the purposes of this podcast, can we stick to maybe um, decade by decade in terms of we'll start with our teens and we'll go into our 20s, 30s, 40s. And then as you, um, I guess, based on your expertise, you can let us know a few different things where, you know, if a 30 year old's really well trained versus a 30 year old's really just starting out in their fitness journey, maybe some little um, tweaks for each decade. Does that sound all right with you? Yeah, sure. So if you look at the teenage years, um, for any parents that are listening with children, I'm very, very big on, you know, free play, allowing children to explore movement, whether it be sports, you know, if if your child's interested in dance, ballet, anything, any sport, any type of activity, um, we're all for it. Mm -hmm. We don't believe in early specialization as such. Um, Being outdoors, moving, being free, you know, not sitting down, not playing PlayStation computer games, anything anti, you know, being stagnant, we're all for in terms of weightlifting, I guess one of the biggest myths is that, you know, weight training for children is, is bad. Mm-hmm. It all depends. Um, you know, you're not going to have a child lifting 200 kilos. Mm-hmm. You're going to start with body weight. You're going to start to master technique and the movement patterns, um, which is the skill. Once you've acquired the skill, you can definitely add load. And the load adding is incremental when your load is tolerated. So a big one to bust straight away would be that, you know, children, you know, 15-year-olds, 13-year-olds cannot lift weights absolutely can just in moderation Mm -hmm. and having said that it doesn't mean that when you're saying that it's okay for kids to lift weights it also doesn't mean that kids have to be in the gym because I think that's a lot of questions I get from you know again like teens on my TikTok is saying hey Leanne you say weightlifting is important my mum and dad won't let me go to the gym and I think it's a good myth to bust to say that you can do strength and resistance based training without needing a gym membership yeah, for sure. And I think if we take one thing out of this COVID period, not to, to dive into that, but everyone's sort of learned to train at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had to, we've had no choice. Um, I'd hope that people are training at home. Mm-hmm. And we don't need much equipment. You can do body weight. Um, you know, entry level resistance training is body weight. We progress to like resistance bands, we progress to a kettlebell, dumbbell, um, adding load. So the whole gym stigma, I fully respect. I know that sometimes it's not a great environment to be in, especially for children, um, perhaps for females, you know, this type of stuff. So the gym doesn't have to be resistance training. You can do it anywhere. Um, You know, lunges, squats, bodyweight squats, all that type of stuff is a form of resistance training, definitely. Yeah, awesome. And I guess for any teens that are listening um, at home, because I know there are quite a few that listen to the podcast as well, if their parents are very, um, say their parents aren't someone who regularly exercises and say they go for walks and bike rides and that sort of thing, say we've got some 14 to 16, 17 17 year olds listening who want to get into some home based sort of even just body weight resistance sort of things. What would be your tips in terms of them having a conversation with their parents around why that's important for teens to do that? Or would you say that it's not really important, just any sort of movement or exercise at that age is important? Um, I guess it comes down to, you know, what, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. Um, every person has their own set of goals. If it's aesthetics, if it's health, you know, it depends on, on those goals, which creates a specific type of training uh, in order to get there. I always will, and this is probably going to be a a bit of a theme throughout all these questions in the age brackets, is resistance training is for me the the end all and be all. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just the base. It's the base foundation. Um, Any type of resistance training, I recommend two to three times per week for any person. 
Um, that can be regressed to simpler forms, especially for younger or, or older, or it can be more complex during, you know, 20s to 40s. Um, so, yeah, definitely resistance training, also aerobic training. But to answer your question, Leanne, sorry, to, in order to have a conversation with your parents if they're anti-training, mm. um, you know, I'd probably share with them some health benefits. You know, I'm, I'm looking to do this because I'd like to be healthy. You know, if I train this way, I'm going to improve, you know, whatever that might be. Because mm-hmm. I know that my parents were very much, it wasn't that they were against me training when I was a teen, but they wanted me playing sport as my exercise, put it that way. They didn't want me doing, you know, dumbbell sort of things at home or anything like that by myself. They were very much a fan of, I played a lot of squash growing up. I played a lot of volleyball in school. I did HPE. Like I was very active as a teen, but they were very big into that sort of Saturday morning sport and training with my teammates versus me doing too much sort of by myself at home. Um, and I guess that that's probably maybe a fear some parents have as well in terms of kids maybe getting injured if they don't know what they're doing in terms of trying to do some home deadlifts or something like that as well, would you think? Yeah, sure. So my advice would be to, to have a conversation with a professional, a healthcare professional, um, you know, somebody greater and no disrespect to the personal trainers, but somebody greater like exercise physi- physiologists, um, osteopaths, you know, people of that top end spectrum. Um, and they'd be more than happy to have a conversation with your parents as well. So getting them to have a, a chat with a professional will help the education and the process. So I guess the bottom line here for, for our teens and anyone sort of under that, you know, 17, 16 age group, any sort of exercise is positive, isn't it? And it really depends on the goals and the type of exercise that you like doing as well, because you have to enjoy the process as well, don't you? Or it's because we want it to be something that lasts a long time. You know, we want you training from your 16 all the way through to when you're, you know, 85 or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. All righty. Now getting into our young adults, I would say, anywhere from sort of our 18s and into our, you know, 20s, what sort of training or exercise is important for our young adults? Um, Bearing in mind that they're probably super busy, they've probably got part-time jobs, some of them may be studying, um, they may even be like traveling abroad overseas or doing a bit of a gap year or something like that. So what sort of training would you see as important from a general health perspective, but also a weight loss perspective, because I think that's one of the focuses of the podcast is healthy, sustainable weight loss. I'm not saying that everybody, that's their goal, but it probably is something to keep into, um, I guess, consideration during our chat, because a lot of people do, I do get a lot of questions around sort of female focused fat loss. Sure. So I guess for me, the biggest thing, and, and we always look at health first, um, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, please, and, and please feel free to jump in. But if we're looking at weight loss, fat loss, you know, those types of body transformations, we're looking to get healthy. Mm-hmm. When we're getting healthy, when we're training, the mistakes that people make, they overreach or they step into something too soon, too quickly. Um, and sometimes that's the high intensity stuff, um, which is a stress. So if our body is stressed, it, it sort of does the opposite to achieve our results, our goals and our health. Um, so, you know, as, as early adults, uh, again, firmly believe in resistance training. You're a growing body. You want to be able to complement your growth and mm-hmm. your maturation process. Um, you've got to build strong muscles, um, strong tendons, strong ligaments to support, you know, your joints, um, improve your, your bone health, all that type of stuff. So I'd be looking at two to three days resistance training, two to three days cardio. Um, but if you're very busy and you are stressed, mm-hmm. you know, just focus on what works for you. I guess that's the, the underlying message here. Everyone's different. Some people might thrive in, you know, one circuit style, like high intensity interval session per week. Others might thrive in two or three days at the gym. Um, you know, what works for you will keep you sane. It's a good outlet and it'll keep you healthy as well. 
Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And probably important to think about, I guess, what are the goals here as well? Like, are we exercising from a general health perspective where it's wonderful in terms of stress management and helping us sleep better? Then any sort of exercise is going to be positive, isn't it? Even if it's just an hour or two hike on the weekend out in the fresh air or doing one or two yoga or Pilates classes as well. Yeah, for sure. And we we always prescribe to to most of our clients, if, if they are in that weight loss category, they want to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. Get healthy first, get outdoors, you know, go for a 20-minute walk every second day. That's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't have to be, you know, this crazy uh, schedule, this training program. Just enjoy what you're doing. Start slow and and build every two, three, four weeks. Increase the load, Um, you know, just get better at what you're doing. Definitely, yeah. And then thinking about, I guess, um, into our 30s, so probably the majority of people in their 30s um, potentially might um, have some young children or be looking towards kids. They're progressing in terms of their careers. I guess that busyness kind of steps up a level in our 30s and in our 40s as well. So thinking about the 30s category, um, also trying to balance that sort of family career life as well, what sort of training would you say would be important for this sort of um, age group? Um, for, for most of our clientele, from, from experience, they prefer the short and sweet um, option, mm-hmm. which is like a homestyle circuit. It might be a yoga class. It might be Pilates. You know, um, if you are a parent, you generally need an outlet. Um, you know, all human beings need an outlet. So going to that yoga class or Pilates class, um, where we're also we also charge up around people. You know, it's that community based style session. I'd highly recommend starting with those. Um, and again, finding out what, what works for you, um, what what's specific to your goals. Um, but you can, you know, set a treadmill up at home, go for a 20-minute walk if you can't leave the house, if you have to mind your children, that type of stuff. There's always ways if you're adaptable to train. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no such thing as no time. It's about scheduling things, you know, appropriately and, and, and just doing what works for you. Definitely. And would you say that resistance training, again, is still really important in this um, age bracket? Most definitely. Throughout, it doesn't matter if you're 12 years of age or 85 years of age. My answer will always remain the same. Resistance training is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and aerobic training. So, you know, cardiovascular health, um, if your body's functioning better, you're going to, you know, in turn burn more fat. I don't know if that's correct, Leanne. You can jump in there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think from a, a metabolic and a muscle mass perspective as well, the, the more lean muscle mass that you have, the better you're going to be metabolically and the better that fat loss process is going to be particularly longer term. Yeah. And as we think, I remember reading some research um, looking at a client who was diagnosed with uh, osteoporosis very young, sadly, um, just due to a history of a lot of disordered eating, a lot of restriction. I remember doing some research and it was sort of saying in terms of our bone mineral density, that sort of being quite laid down into sort of our early 20s and that sort of, I guess, stops more so as we come into our 30s. So resistance training becomes even more important. So from 30 onwards, would you agree with that statement? I do. And, you know, again, when the body's changing, we look at, you know, the growth stages or maturation processes, mm-hmm. whether male or female. Yeah, definitely. By doing resistance training, you're keeping the muscles engaged. If you are on a weight loss journey, you definitely want to keep the muscles stimulated. Muscle retention whilst you know dropping your body fat percentage is, is huge. And I guess that ties into a lot of topics that I've heard you talk about is the whole toning up. You know, mm-hmm. I want to lose weight, tone up. Well, you need to retain your muscles. You need to keep them stimulated. You need to keep everything healthy and strong. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, again, depending on your baseline, there's many different ways that you could do that. It could be, yes, you're squatting your body weight in the gym, but it could also be you're doing body weight squats on, you know, um, using the couch at home in your lounge room, depending on where your baseline is and depending on where you're starting from. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So no right or wrong in terms of this um, category sort of in your 30s, but just trying to, if you've done nothing at all, get into some strength and resistance based training. But if you have been doing it for a little while, really trying to progress and step it up from there. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, yeah. So it's the incremental overload or progressive overload. And again, it comes back to that technical age, the training age. Um, if you're brand new mm -hmm. to training, you're going to get great results from light weights or body weight. Um, the, you know, the human body is a spectacular organism. Once you get past that phase and, and you know, there's always a, a diminishing return of what you're doing, you need to keep the body guessing. You need to keep new stimulus coming. Um, it's all your, your body will adapt. So you've got to keep changing things up. It could be from adding more, more weight, more load and resistance. It could be from changing your reps and set range. Um, it could be from changing activities altogether. So keeping the body progressing, keeping your growth um, process happening and the adapt uh, adaptation changes um, moving forwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'd love for you to do a quick miss busting while we're talking about this. In terms of programming, how often would you recommend changing up your programming? So I think that in this day and age where social media is so accessible for everybody, um, I've had, you know, personalized trainers in the past, personalized programs. I've also done programs where I've just downloaded them from trainers online and it's like a, you know, a 12 week program that I follow in the gym myself. How often would you recommend changing up our programming in terms of always having that you know, change up in terms of stimulus to push that a little bit harder and grow those muscles a little bit more? Very difficult question um, to keep it in sim simple, you know, lay layman's terms. Um, mm -hmm. We follow a sort of a four-week wave. Um, we climb up for four weeks, then we do a taper. Mm -hmm. We go another four weeks and we taper. And that's the progressive overload system that we follow. It's quite easy. gives you month training blocks. Um, you know, you can do a three, four-month training block around those, those types of processes. Where I find the myth and where I find things and, and where people generally go wrong is they'll try and do too many different things at once. So they'll do one week of this and they'll change everything for week two. Mm -hmm. And all that does is it closes your adaptation window. So again, I said the human body is a, a magnificent organism. It'll adapt to almost anything. However, you want to prolong this for as long as you can. You want to get the most out of you know, one activity or one type of training before you progress to the next. Because we're not just focused on this eight-week, you know, body blaster challenge. Mm -hmm. We're focused on a lifetime of excellence and, you know, health and, and aesthetics and all the good stuff that comes from training. So, to, to simplify the question, my answer would be follow a four-week process. Mm -hmm. Don't just change all your activities. Within, let's just use a squat, for example. You can change the squats principles uh, before you change the activity itself so we look at time under tension mm -hmm. we look at tempo squats mm -hmm. we look at you know four second down two second up you can play around with all these different modalities of one single activity and progress that for four five six weeks before you change the activity and that's going to give you the best results in my opinion wonderful and that's applicable for any age group correct Awesome. And then my other question for you was in terms of soreness. So a lot of people, if you're, you know, coming out of COVID, you really haven't done too much for the last couple of months and you start a program and say, for example, um, your trainer's written in five sessions that week and you do Monday, Tuesday, and you get to Wednesday and you can barely walk. Would you recommend taking a rest day if you're someone who's earlier on in your training, I guess, journey and having, you know, one, two, three rest days to dampen down some of that DOMS and that <laughs> soreness? Or do you recommend pushing onwards and just going a little bit lighter with the weight, weights and that sort of thing? Um, look, I think always recovery first. Mm -hmm. um, you can only train as hard as you recover. Um, and that's, just, that's something we stand by. Just because a training program is prescribed doesn't mean that's actually everything, the end all and be all. Mm -hmm. um, if you've got a great coach or a great trainer, you should be able to communicate with them. They should be able to change things instantaneously for you. Um, you cannot progress or perform if you're fatigued. Mm -hmm. um, if you're fatigued, you're generally sore. So I wouldn't recommend pushing through it. Um, it just comes down to how sore, obviously, and how much recovery time you need. However, recovery is everything, and you've got to go off how you feel. Mm -hmm. um, same same goes for, you know, if you rock up to the gym, for example, and you're not feeling 100%, 
don't train to 100%, you know, mm-hmm. reduce the weight, reduce the sets and the reps, reduce the intensity. You've got to look after yourself and, and how you feel is number one. And in turn, that's going to pay dividends in, in, in the health department. If you take a day or two off, you can train harder on day three rather than just burning out. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I think that goes from sort of an injury and illness perspective as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Fatigue, stress, you know, all of these nasty things that can come from overreaching or overtraining. Um, and, and we look at the, the high intensity stuff. If you look at some of the, the things that are happening in the fitness industry, um, you know, five or six sessions per week to a newly, newly trained person, it's just so, you know, it's too much, way too much. Mm-hmm. A huge stress to the body as well. Alrighty, now in terms of our 40s age group, uh, from a general health or weight loss perspective, what sort of training should we really be looking at focusing on? Say, for example, we're super busy, you know, we've got kids in school, high school, career progression, all that sort of thing. We barely get time to ourselves, let alone train. Say if we were to find 30 minutes, two to three times a week, what sort of training would you recommend for the sort of average 40-year-old focused on health and potentially a little bit of fat loss? I'd be going for, for that low intensity, you know, aerobic-based um, cardio. So it could be a long walk or a bike ride. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a run if you're into running. Um, as we get older, we have to be mindful of impact. So impact is, you know, on the joints, no jumping, you know, no box jumps. or Not no, but just be mindful of those types of loadings. If we're only able to train for 20, 30 minutes, two to three times a day, I'd alternate between, you know, something really enjoyable that you like. It could be a Pilates class, being social. It could be a walk with friends. Um, I'll try and get at least one resistance session in. It could be just bands at home. It could be yoga. Um, you know, it could be a gym, PT session, whatever you like. And then, yeah, one other type of cardio, most definitely. Mm-hmm. So you're saying one session in terms of resistance is better than none? Absolutely. 20 minutes, 10 minutes, yeah? If you can just get some, you know, a a 10, 15-minute workout in, that is so, so much better than doing nothing. Yeah, and I love that because the the mantra of my progress and of my my philosophy in terms of everything that I do is 10% better. And I always say to my clients, five minutes is better than nothing. 10 minutes is better than nothing. And I think particularly for females, we have this idea that if we can't do it perfectly, then what's the point? And I have so many clients going, oh, well, I didn't get that. I couldn't get an hour, so I didn't do it at all. And I had a client say to me um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I drove to my class and there was so much traffic and they closed the doors at this class. So she's like, I was five minutes late and they closed the doors. So I had to drive home and I'll try again tomorrow. And I was like, you scheduled out that whole hour in your calendar. You had that hour available. Go home and do 20 minutes in your lounge room or go for a walk, you know, around where the class would have been, even though you couldn't do the actual class. It's about trying to find that alternative to just do some sort of movement because any movement is is positive movement, isn't it? I agree. I think we put a lot of stress on ourselves, a lot of pressure. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get moving. You know, all of the steps, you know, 10,000 steps per day. It doesn't matter where you do your steps. You can do them in your lounge room, your kitchen, your bath, you know, whatever you do, 10,000 steps a day is great. Mm-hmm. Um, five minutes activity is better than zero. Um, don't put, you know, too much stress on yourself. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just get moving. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And say, for example, um, in our 40s, you know, we might have um, – you know, kids, teenagers, that sort of thing, if we're taking them, say, to the bike park or the skate park or we're going and we're watching their, I don't know, cricket game, you know, in Australia we like playing cricket and there's a lot of parents standing around for a lot of hours, could they just be doing something like, you know, air squats and a couple of burpees and, you know, doing a workout while they're watching their kids play sport as well? Is that something like that you would consider a good use of their time and is still technically resistance-based training without having to get into the gym and do a heavy squat or something like that? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you YouTube, there's there's a million and one different, you know, 10-minute, five-minute, 20-minute circuits. Mm-hmm. Find a time frame that works for you and and just do some of these activities. We we have a lot of clients that watch their children play sport and we always advise, go for a walk. Yes, you want to watch your child play, but during halftime, do something. Go for a walk, you know, um, just, just increase your steps, increase your movement. Mm. Or even while you're watching, walk up and down the sidelines. Those soccer fields are quite long, aren't they? <laughs> as long as you're not yelling at your children whilst you're pacing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. And then into our 50s, what sort of things should our training look like? I'm imagining we probably still don't have a lot of time within our day. You know, we're not sort of at that retirement age where we have the leisure of of training every single day, perhaps. So again, maybe we've only got sort of two to three days a week, small amounts of time. What should be our focus? Is it very similar to in our 40s? When we start to, and again, depends on the person and their physiology and, and, and where they're up to in terms of training. But when we start to get 50 onwards Mm -hmm. the the importance for me is more placed around resistance and you know we we have a lot of clients use resistance bands and i just put simple you know at home training programs you don't have to leave you know you can stay in your comfortable clothes you don't have to go anywhere and it's just getting load through the muscles Mm -hmm. Um, load through the muscles is going to protect your joints it's going to keep you um, progressing rather than you know deteriorating and sorry to use such morbid words but we have to stay active if we don't use it we lose it Mm -hmm. it's very very important to keep your body you know stimulated Mm, definitely so as you said you don't even have to use weight at all do you You can literally just use your body weight or some resistance bands absolutely and depends on what scale of that that continuum you are in terms of training um for some people sitting down into a chair and standing up is quite difficult so you know do a few reps do as many as you can play around with those types of things based on the time and the equipment that you have but also a big importance as we start to get older is that aerobic um, cardiovascular health so Low intensity, steady state cardio, long walks, those types of things are really going to benefit you in terms of longevity. Mm -hmm. So thinking in, I guess, 50s and 60s more so, would you say a couple of days of cardio a week and a few days of resistance training as well? Is one more important than the other? Sound like a bit of a broken record here, but look, (laughs) as we get older, resistance training is important, aerobic training is important, Um, what works for you is important as well. Um, but walks are very, very simple. Um, I, I find we've got some clients 60 plus who struggle with the resistance training, being honest, mm-hmm. and that's fine. So we just get them to walk. Yeah. We get them to, to do things they enjoy and, and keep their heart rate elevated. Um, and, and just burn calories that way. Sure. And I guess like any exercise is positive exercise. So if they did struggle with resistance training or it wasn't just something that they enjoyed, would you say on their walks, finding some staircases and finding some hills and doing a little bit more of a challenging walk where there are some hills and some stairs and some, you know, uneven bits a little bit so that they could, I guess, build a little bit of body weight resistance that way, would you say? Yeah, sure. And again, that's about being adaptable and creative. Um, we always say take the stairs, don't take the lift. Mm-hmm. Um, any type of movement is good movement, it's positive movement, as, as you've highlighted a few times. So even even on your walk at the park, change your paces. You know, Go for a brisk walk, slow it down. Go for a brisk walk. That becomes you know interval training, um, those types of things, mm-hmm. most definitely. Yeah. And then again, into our 70s and beyond, anything that's really, really important to focus on or just exactly what we've been talking about? Unfortunately, the answer is going to remain the same. I'm sorry, it's quite a boring response, isn't it? But you know, as we start to progress, depending on your, your health conditions, if you have any, depending on your body, um, all of those things, just doing something that's safe and what works for you. Um, it's aligned with your goals and aligned with your time. Um, for, the, for older clients, we recommend you know, swimming pools, hydrotherapy pools, you know, depending on where you're up to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
any movement is good movement. If you can get a, a resistance training session in, um, body weight bands, even better. Aerobic base, most definitely. Keep your heart healthy. Yeah. And then what about, say, from our sort of 50 onwards? I know a lot of people have sore backs, sore knees. You know, we might have injuries, whether they're sort of old workplace injuries because we've been a laborer for many, many years or they're newer types of injuries. What would you say to someone who's in that sort of 50 plus age group where we know resistance and strength training is so important, but they've got really bad knees? What sort of um, I guess training or exercises would you recommend is beneficial for that age group with potential injuries? Sure. So, and it's very, very common, you know, as we get older, we generally fall apart and it's either from work or from being uh, athletes or from not looking after ourselves. Yeah. No disrespect there. But first, first, my first response to that would be get treatment, Mm -hmm. you know, see a professional based on your symptoms. Um, Symptoms aren't, they they shouldn't stay there forever unless you have a a proper, you know, condition or, or something. Corrective exercises around your symptoms should get rid of those symptoms. Um, Nobody has to live in pain. Um, Nobody has to live with sore knees or sore lower back. There's a reason that's happening. So see an osteopath or or a healthcare professional, figure out what's causing the pain symptoms, be rid of those pain symptoms and get back to healthy movement. Um, Train around. So a lot of people have lower back pain and say, right, I can't do anything. Well, yes, you can. You can go for a walk if that doesn't hurt. You know, anything that doesn't hurt the injury or the symptoms or make them worse, um, by all means, definitely engage in them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, recovery pools, um, walks, bikes, whatever you can do. You can train lower body if your upper body sore. Um, just get creative and adaptive. Mm, sure. And I guess the, the overarching message is always linking with that health professional or a personalized plan. I mean, we get so much great feedback about how wonderful podcasts are and how much people learn, but really every single person is so individual. And we all have these individual little niggles or, you know, I'm six foot tall. Like I'm very different to how somebody who's maybe five foot tall would train. And I remember in my youth always thinking, oh, why can't I deadlift like that girl or something? And I was like, my levers are just completely different. Like I'm never going to be that sort of powerlifting body body type sort of thing. So I think having those personalized training programs and somebody um, doing an individualized approach for you is so incredibly important, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And just touching on all of that, figure out what your goal is. You know, what is your actual training goal? I think this is one of the most important questions we ask all of our clients. Uh, uh, You want to look a particular way? Well, that's great, but we also need to be fit and healthy. So looking after your body, seeing a professional, getting the right types of activities and progressing that long-term is should, is and should be the goal. Mm, absolutely. And then also just bringing up COVID again, because I know um, where I am in Brisbane, we've been very fortunate, but I know that other parts of Australia, such as where you are, aren't, and also other parts of the world. So for some people, gyms are still closed. You know, lockdown is still in force. If they were at home and they didn't have the opportunity to buy a lot of weights, because I know that the first things that happened when lockdown started and COVID started was that a lot of people bought up all the gym equipment and the weights and a lot of people who wanted it couldn't get anything. So say that they're lucky enough to have some sort of resistance band at home. What would be your top exercises for just trying to maintain their muscle mass or even build a little bit of strength if they are that beginner level from home, purely just using resistance bands and body weight things? Sure. There's a lot of questions tied into one there. So, <laughs> Sorry, I throw it at you. <laughs> That's okay. No, it's really good. COVID's a very difficult time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Activity for a lot of people is an outlet. It's, it's a reduce the stress, um, boost the endorphins, clear the headspace, boost mental health. You know, all of these things attach with exercise. It's, it's you know, a beautiful thing if done correctly. Now, if you're at home and you're stuck at home, I'd recommend being outside of the home. Yeah, we, we get an hour. I think today we're allowed two hours. We get two hours out, outdoors. Spend at least 20 minutes outside. You know, get outside, get in nature, 
preferably take your shoes off if you can, you know, bare feet on grass, boost all of your, your senses and, um, you know, desensitize, de-stress the body. That would be the first um, recommendation for me. Mm-hmm. In terms of training and keeping muscle mass, it's, it's going to be quite difficult. If you're used to training in the gym, if you're used to training, you know, a particular way, coming at home is going to change your body's response. Unfortunately, you will experience a little bit of atrophy um, in terms of keeping muscle size, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but keeping some of that and training in any way, shape or form is better than nothing. So activities, best activities to go to, I'd be focused on lower body, mm-hmm. um, you know, squats, deadlifts or squats, hip thrust, anything glute, hamstring or bigger muscle group orientated. Um, I wouldn't worry too, too much about the smaller muscle groups. I mean, if you like, you know, wearing a t-shirt and having some arms or that type of stuff, depending on your body, male or female, um, focus on your, your goals. Definitely squat, definitely some type of hip hinge, um, deadlift or hip thrust. Mm-hmm. And in terms of if we didn't have a lot of weight at home, would you recommend just getting like a big duffel bag or something and sort of trying to do some hip, hip hinge exercises with something yeah. heavy? So we've seen all sorts of stuff. It's people have been really, really cool and creative. You know, people are filling up backpacks with rocks. Um, mm. People have been doing all sorts of stuff. Now, if you don't have that and you don't want to go full commando style, I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Just instead of using two legs, use single leg. So there's always ways to progress an activity. Um, if you're doing a hip thrust, you know, do a hip thrust and hold for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Challenge the body in a different stimulus. If you're doing squats, you can do single leg squat. You can spend more time on tension. So, you know, four seconds down, four seconds up. Um, you know, make the make the activity fun and challenging. Um, you know what what, what what works for you. Definitely, yeah. Because I was very much someone when we first went into lockdown. Um, you know, I've been training in the gym for so long, and I'm so used to weights and deadlifts and squats. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to, I'm going to lose all my gains with, you know, no weights at home and that sort of thing. But even just trying to do things like single legged squats, I was like, these are really hard. <laughs> they are. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Once you, once yeah. you change the way you're used to training, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's going to be a challenge automatically. So yeah. Mm. And in terms of lower body, would you recommend sprinting as well? My partner and I were doing, um, we were going down to the park once a week and doing a sprint session. And honestly, God, that hurt more than my heavy leg day once a week. Like I couldn't feel my quads and my hammies for like, you know, at least four or five days later, we do, the field was hundred meters. It was like a football field. So we did 10 sets of hundred meters only took us maybe 20, 25 minutes, but I was nearly crawling off that field once a week. Would you recommend that if people were fortunate enough to have access to a soccer field or a park or something like that, that sprinting is an awesome lower body exercise and also potentially resistance based? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, sprinting's great. I'd, I'd be mindful to, to audience listening if you haven't sprinted ever, or if you haven't sprinted for a long time, be, be mindful that you don't want to go from zero to 100, you know, straight away. Yeah. Ease into it, proper warm-ups, proper activations. Um, if you're going to do sprinting, start with one or two, see how you go, mm-hmm. build up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be using all sorts of muscles you never knew existed, um, which is what you would have been experiencing, that extra set of DOMS. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, sprinting's great. And again, it comes down to, to your age. Um, in terms of the impact comes down to your goals as well. Yeah. Mm. And I must admit, I actually started at six. My partner was very much at like eight to 10, but I was like, I got to about four and was seeing those little like blind spots in front of my eyes. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, this is way too hardcore for me. I'm not a runner. I'm not someone who likes cardio at all. I def- I just hate running. And so for me, just once a week was a compromise where I was like, I'm just going to go down and do like five or three or whatever it was. And even when I didn't feel like it, I'm like, I know it hurts like hell. I know I'm terrible at it. Like my sprint is probably some, some runners jogging, but at the same time, it was a way that I could push myself, um, you know, using what I had available as well. So I thought it was a really great, um, lower body workout and I definitely felt it. 
couple of days afterwards. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think most people started, especially during lockdown, they started running. Mm. The thing is, the secret is, it's not a secret, but incremental overload, you know, start somewhere that's tolerable, mm. have a recovery day, and then try and build on that, whether it's the next session or next week. Yep. Yeah, definitely. No, I wish I could say I was a runner, but I am absolutely not. <laughs> well, it makes two of us. I, um, I I started running in COVID as well, but it's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny because I'm like, I, I just get bored, whereas runners are like, I get bored in the gym and I'm like, it's just, it goes to show how individualized everybody is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you got to love what you do or it's just not going to last, is it? Well, enjoyment's the key to uh, success, isn't it? So they say. Definitely. Now, finally, Jacob, <laughs> for our listeners at home who potentially may have had, you know, quite a rough time during COVID or during lockdown or just even a rough year in general and their exercise has been something that slipped, what words of advice would you have for our listeners to get them back on track, including some regular exercise? As you said, that two to three sessions a week should be a great baseline for anyone. If they're really struggling to even do that or just start at all, what would be your words of advice for them in terms of like what benefits does exercise provide us and why is it so important that we're doing this, even if we don't have a weight loss goal or a strength focus goal or anything like that? Why is it beneficial for everybody, no matter who we are? Sure. So as human beings, we, we need to move. Yeah, we're designed to move. If I said it earlier on, if we don't use it, we lose it. But we also look at like the mental health space as well. Um, you know, being able to move to release endorphins. Um, you know, if there's anybody who's listening, if you've done a workout of any sort, you feel good. Yeah, you feel good generally for quite a few hours post session, no matter the session. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> be kind to yourself first and foremost. If you've been out of training for a while, for whatever your circumstances, um, be kind to yourself. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Start small. It's okay to go for a five-minute walk. It's okay to go for a 20-minute walk. Um, it's okay to you know, walk up and down the, the, the stairs a few times. There is no judgment or there shouldn't be any judgment in this space. Do what works for you. Um, start small and just build on it. Build to what's comfortable and tol- tolerable. Mm. And are you a, a fan of linking habits to new habits to old habits? Like I was saying to a client last week, she was struggling. There was a good six week period where she just fell off the wagon and didn't do any exercise at all. And so what we did is what I call some habit linking. So I said, what are two things that you do every single day? And she said, well, I eat food every day and I fill up my drink bottle a couple of times each day. So she put a note where her uh, water fountain is and it says 10 squats. So every time she went and filled up her drink bottle, she just did 10 air squats. And every time she grabbed some food out of the fridge, she would do, I think it was 10 burpees or something. And that was a great way. And that we're three or four weeks down the track, she's back to two to three sessions a week. But for her, that stop gauge where she was doing such regular exercise and it stopped altogether, it was just so overwhelming to try to get back into anything. So we did what I sort of termed like habit linking. Would you be a fan of doing something like that in terms of starting small and building up from there? Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really refreshing um, idea that you've had there. It's a great way to do it. You know, those familiar familiarities uh, and the habits. Mm. And so do Doing those movements in other things or whilst doing those things. Yeah, I think that's really special. That's really cool. Um, mm. And again, don't don't beat yourself up over it. Start small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take time to get back into it and that's okay. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we're our own worst critics, aren't we? Like in my head, if someone told me to do 10 air squats, literally my first thought, and I know this is my like perfectionist thoughts taking over that type A perfectionist personality where it goes, oh, 10 air squats is nothing. That wouldn't do me anything. Like you're, you know, so much better than that. But at the same time, I'm like, no, that's actually better than nothing. Like if I really wasn't doing much at all, that's a great baseline to start from and build from. And as you said, we can't hope to be 
where we used to be if we've had some time off or COVID or lockdowns being quite rough for us. So really starting small and building a strong foundation to begin with and moving up from there. Yeah. And, and you, you will get to wherever you want to go. It's just consistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Staying accountable, staying consistent. And you got to start with the small things, the one percenters. And if you take exercise out of it, you've got to be healthy first. If your body's not healthy and you're not in a great place in terms of, you know, nutritionally hydrated sleep stress mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what activity or exercise you do it's not really going to get you to your goals anyways so get everything in order first um, understand that nutritionally hydration sleep all of that stuff if you've got those pillars in place and then you're starting to add exercise on top of that then you're going to be in a great spot wonderful couldn't agree more and then lastly jacob love for you quickly tell our uh, podcast listeners a little bit about your own podcast as well that you have Sure. Um, So we've just launched our podcast. We've got five episodes out. We're called the High Performers Platform. And really, we, you know, we try and sit down with professionals, whether it be in business, health, fitness, any, any code or context. And, you know, we try and unlock what makes them tick, you know, what helps them get out of bed every day, their experiences um, that, that they've experienced throughout their life that's brought them to, you know, this ultimate success. So, yeah, we've got some really cool stories out so far. Yeah, wonderful. And that's available, as I'm assuming, on the big podcasting platforms. Just search for High Performers. Yeah, the High Performers platform. Yeah. Um, so it's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or on Google um, mm-hmm. podcasts as well. So yeah, I mean, it'd be great, Leanne, to, to get you on. I'd love for our nutritionists to be able to have an in-depth discussion um, you know, with your expertise. It'd be phenomenal. Yeah, sounds good. Let's tee it up. And then Jacob, we're going to bring you back as well for a second podcast on my show, um, doing a little bit of a Q&A and some myth busting as well. So listeners, if you're listening, this is the first podcast with Jacob. We're going to bring him back for a second one to answer all of your top exercise questions and he'll do a little bit of myth busting as well. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Jacob, so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure and we'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you for having me. Cheers.